Welcome to another wonderful episode of Paranormally Speaking. I'm your host, Neil Parks. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Fake cigarette. Oh, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Loper and Randy in the morning, and it's time to get Halloween. Very, very Halloween. If you've ever felt something in your presence, whether it's at your home or a place that you've visited... The guy that we have in the studio, Neil Parks, is the person you want to talk to. What's up, man? I'm great. I finally remembered to put the mic up to my face. There you go. I'm holding it. It's important for the radio show. How are you? I'm great. It's really good to have you back on. This will be the third time you're on this month, and every time we have you, the interest grows, and here we are on Hallow's Eve. Now, can you tell me anything from your expertise? Is there anything that you know of? Are the gates a little looser? in hell on this night than usual? Well, scientifically speaking, uh, the Earth at this point of the season uh, turns its axis. So the gravitational pull becomes stronger, more intense. And as you notice, the uh, weather patterns are, are getting more intense and the wind is, is howling a bit more and getting stronger. In fact, I've had to... Uh, Reestablish and strengthen my cemetery scene I have in my front yard for Halloween. <laughs> yes. So I'm constantly chasing styrofoam uh, tombstones. Yeah, tombstones because of the wind. <laughs> so yeah, those are normal weather patterns, but it's all attributed to this season specifically. It gets colder, uh, the energy gets more high, the magnetism gets stronger, and theoretically things can manifest easier and can utilize that energy. Uh, to bring itself forth, or if you're trying to invoke something, which I highly advise against, um, <laughs> it it happens a lot easier. How do you invoke something? Like uh, just just so I know, you In know, the so Ouija I don't, board. I don't do it on yeah. accident. Is that the only way? Uh, prayer, seances, the wrong prayer, <laughs> uh, the wrong prayer. Very good. Yes, <laughs> the wrong prayer. Like, the wrong. Well, maybe we need to clarify because <laughs> to we were watching the show on Netflix. It's people who tell us their tell you their real life ghost stories that they're telling their family for the first time. They might be forty five years old and they've been living with this this entire time. And they're it's almost like an intervention, but it's for them to tell their story to their children and to their wife and to their their brother. Yeah. They're sitting around like in a circle, like AA style. Who lived yeah. in the house with him when this was going on? And uh, it is so intriguing. All right, so it is called. Wow, let's see awesome. here, haunted. That's okay. it. it's just called haunted. So this one brother was a drug addict or whatever. But when he lived in the mother's basement, he was conjuring up demons because he was bored and he, you know, and all this. Hey, stuff. what are you doing down there? Conjuring up some demons? <laughs> yeah, he lived yeah, with his mother. Bored? His mother was up top, and he was got the basement. And he was just like up to no good. So he moved out, and then his sister and the niece fell into hard times and had to move in. So the mother's like, move into the basement. Well, ever since that guy conjured up these things, a little girl would see the most insane stuff, and the mother wouldn't believe her. And I mean, it's, that's like what's really got yeah. my heart this holiday season. Is not know, Halloween. Yes. It's like the people that claim to have seen things and kids, and then their parents don't believe them. Yeah, that irritates me when that happens. Go, man. I always tell my kids, if you think you've seen a UFO, or if you're out hiking and you think you, you saw Bigfoot, don't hesitate to tell me. Of all people, <laughs> I feel like you're a little know. too excited about it. You're yeah. like, definitely oh. call Dad. If you see yeah. Bigfoot, that was meant for me. You're like, you, you, call will, you, yeah. you will get in trouble if you hide that info. <laughs> I need to know that info. They get so mad about that. I'm dropping them off of things. I'm like, no, if you see Bigfoot, yeah. you'll be sure to call me, okay, honey? <laughs> if they're he like, shows Dad, up this what? Time. what? Okay, so this guy said, I got a story for you when I was younger, before I was even in kindergarten garden my mom would drop me and my sister off and our grandparents were babysitting our aunt would babysit us well one morning i was laying there trying to go back to sleep as my aunt went to uh the restroom and i looked at the door and all of a sudden a dark humanoid shadow walked into the doorway 
and looked at me with red glowing eyes for a couple seconds and it walked toward the restroom. Whoa. I've never seen it again and I'm 26 years old and I know I saw it. Humanoid? Was it Bobby the Brain Heenan? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, like, are you kidding me? That that's red sounds, glowing eyes? A that's little trans-dimensional if, if you're at all familiar with... Um, a little, little trans-dimensional? Trans-dimensional okay. beings. Almost, uh, some people think in theory that they are beings from an alternate timeline similar to ours and little windows appear every now and then and allow either us to go into an alternate reality or those beings from that world to cross over into ours. Not necessarily a ghost or an alien, but just kind of like a waffle. You'd, you'd cut the holes out of a waffle, you see a perfect square. Yeah. you got a multitude of perfect squares. You place it on top of another waffle, and you can cut those tiny squares out. You do it layer after layer, and those represent it's dimensions layers of time. and worlds wow. and time. Because time is a constant. And much like a lot of ghost sightings relate to things that have imprinted themselves on that timeline and continually play out. So in theory, the waffle effect is what I call it. You can look through multiple squares that go deeper and deeper, and it's essentially an alternate representation of the world you exist in. So it's like a it's like the upside subjective down world in a way. and objective Precisely. reality almost. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Popcorn Pam, uh, we love her. She's like, I have a, I feel like I have a portal open at my new house. I just <laughs> well, moved. You better in. close up that portal, I Pam. A, I, I mean, need, what are you doing? She said, I need a medium <laughs> to help me close this. Hey, who's leaving a portal wide open, guys? <laughs> Were you born in a barn? Yeah, I mean, the portal is intense. I mean, so, like, do you believe in stuff like that, Neil? I, I uh, certainly do believe in, in things do. of that sort. Okay. Uh, a portal might be just be a waffle hole, right? Yeah, it could be an open oh, waffle right. hole. That explains it. <laughs> and those things we have no control over, uh, much like the Bermuda Triangle is a prime example. There's high levels of magnetism in that area. And a lot of theologians and uh, people like... Uh, Greek philosopher Homer, who wrote the Iliad and the Odyssey. Um, he was blind, mind you, so this was before the written word. This was everything was retold by these people of ancient times before they even knew how to write. It was all Sanskrit. So he was retelling stories as a blind child before he lost his sight, seeing an island that he described as what we now know as Atlantis. And theoretically, that was just a giant island of highly technologically advanced people that got their intellect from God knows what, but they had what was known allegedly as a weather magnet, similar to what we now know today as the HARP project, H-A-A-R-P, mm -hmm. uh, weather-controlled manipulation, creating patterns. And this um, weather magnet they had would control the seasons, and they basically would... Um, use it to harness the energy from the sun and it would create uh, like a lunar eclipse when things like that naturally weren't supposed to be happening so they kind of collapsed in on themselves and that magnet has sunk to the bottom of the ocean and has created all of these weird anomalies in the Bermuda Triangle. That's interesting. Theoretically. Yeah. Theoretically, okay. <laughs> Alright, so uh, we do have more texts. So what, what do we have here? Yeah, okay, this, this happens to me. I wake up every morning at 3 a.m. Uh-oh. But now it doesn't happen to me. That was It happens in periods of time. It'll be like for three weeks. Or it'll be two weeks, and it won't happen again for months. But this person wrote in that said it's happening to them right now at 3 a.m., never fails. The other night I heard plain as day a voice that said, said, timing of your veils is now closing. Then the name Scott. I have no idea. 
there, there is something significant about um, awaking at 3 a.m. 3 o'clock. I remember it's from the, the witching hour. Yeah. And then Polly was suffering from that. That's what time Mackenzie goes, Mom, I don't want to go trick-or-treating when everyone else is going. I want to go at 3 o'clock. I go, no one is going <laughs> to yeah. give you candy. Like, yes, we are going to listen to Slayer. I go, why would we do that? She goes, because that's when it's haunted. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm go at 3 a.m. that's not happening because that's school night. Well, if you remember Amityville Horror, yeah. um, that story, uh, the killings took place at 3 a.m. And then two years later, the, this family moved in, and that's what the movie's based on, them moving in and the things that happened to them. And the father kept waking up at 3 a.m., and he was hallucinating, seeing these weird things. I never hallucinate. I just, I just wake up, and I look at the clock, and it's like 2.59, 3.01, 3 o'clock. It's just, I'm like, that's weird. It shakes you up, yeah. yeah. I worked on the documentary for My Amityville Horror, which was... Uh, featuring the boy who grew up in the house and he hated his stepfather. His stepfather was apparently a real SOB and he said the best day of his life was laying that SOB to rest. So he said a lot of the things that were uh, brought up by his stepfather would probably be as a result of his negative energy brought into that house where those killings took place. So if anything paranormal happened, he attributes it to his stepfather who was a despicable human being, abusive, um, just a, a real jerk, basically. So, when going back a text or two here, uh, red glowing eyes, like one of our yeah. listeners said they experienced mm-hmm. that in one of the rooms that they were in. They were doing laundry, and they opened the dryer door. It slammed shut, and then they saw red glowing <laughs> eyes. Have you heard of anything like this before? I have heard of people seeing shadow beings or shadow beings with half faces and or like red glowing half eyes. Faces? Like, what, what, like, what's the other half? Like a human face? Kind of like they're Miss? in movement. Like it's not fully formed, they're just moving through and then they disappear, gotcha. which okay. I attribute to trans um, dimensionalism. Yeah, right. Waffleism. Waffleism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, so, yeah, you know, you, you have to accept that too. We're, we're in the day and age where you have to accept all things and uh, or openly, uh, more so than we used to. Because right? sh- TV shows and movies that are out uh, now make it more socially acceptable. So, I, like this forum we have right now, it's great to sit and talk openly about it. Uh, 20 years ago, that wouldn't have happened. So, what about the red glowing eyes? Does that represent anything of, to your knowledge? I mean, I is that like that's known dark. for anything? That that be dark. to me definitely represents negative energy, possibly a non-human spirit. Ooh, like what? It's like you're talking devil stuff. Uh, something that may have been here long before creation. Long before? Well, how is that possible? So, wouldn't it have been part of creation? Well, if you um, go back to Genesis, uh, the world that we live in now was described as a hostile void, um, a very dark, hostile place. And the word hostile sticks out to me. Something dark or evil may have existed here long before we were brought in, Mm -hmm. or something that was cast out during the uprising with Lucifer and his followers was cast down here, which still never makes sense to me with the whole creation story. Why would he throw the worst of the worst in with us to lead us to sin? So the darkness that was tossed out of heaven could be attributed to this as well, because these creatures exist within the waffle theory that I have. So do you believe in Atlantis? I believe that's completely possible. And you believe the Bible? Yes, I do. Interesting. All right. People are so ready. I, I, I was working at the clubhouse <laughs> and I went to go like clean up and when I got back into the into the room, the popcorn popper was moved to the center of the room. And she just is like, I work there and it just freaks me out that this Freaking happened. Everybody out. Now 
Matt Wright wrote in and said, Cindy Riggs is a great medium and clearing specialist. Riggs! Popcorn Pam, there you go. Cindy Riggs. Crystal Williams said, Pam, please get some sage and tell whatever it is to get out. <laughs> get out. Get we, on out of here. We help. definitely like to sage places yeah, when we move definitely. in. Oh, yeah. I love the smell of sage. Right? Anyway. It's a good thing to do. All right. So, uh, Neil, I'll let you uh, go ahead. You have the uh, the list of questions here. So I'll let you run through these. Well, sure. Uh, I received a list of questions from the last show. And one person sent a message asking if you have an email I can send send a picture to screenshot a map and show you where it's at or a picture of evidence that I have so you can look at the image. Yeah, it, you know what? It's about those tunnels. Someone was saying underneath the old blockbuster that runs to Target and it's in, yeah. it's around here in Columbus. It's not the one in Cincinnati. Oh, okay. Right. That's yeah, what it had to do with these tunnels, underground tunnels. Yeah, it's the, under the blockbuster and it connects to uh, business across the street as well. And they're not sealed off like a lot of your tunnels that used to run under businesses uh, in the yesteryears, like in Chillicothe or in Waverly, even Portsmouth and various other towns. uh, They've all been sealed off. A lot of them at one point were used for the Underground Railroad to move slaves in and out um, for either safe haven or for people that were stockpiling uh, human trafficking, the, that was early human trafficking in my opinion, sure. uh, to keep them hidden so no one would know they had active slaves. Wow, that's, that's interesting. That's so crazy. We have an instance that came in over here that is pretty interesting. Ben said, they got a question for Neil. So as a kid, I always saw two kinds of shadowy figures sitting on the end of my bed. At times, they would be peeking through the door. At other times, they would be sitting on my bed, like I said, never seem violent. I would talk to it. It looked like a child, maybe eight or nine. Oh, that's free. The other one, the other uh, thing I would see would be an adult, because I said I saw two. I always saw the child tried playing with me with toys and stuff. They would move on their own. I thought it was awesome. Fast forward to today, my three oldest have said they see the same child and older figure ghost on their bed at night, and they talk to them. Occasionally, I see my older child or the older ghost over the two youngest at night. My kids aren't scared of... Wait, like standing over the kids? Yes. <gasps> Yes. What is the reason? What is the reason these figures would follow me from my parents' house now that I'm an adult? Now, if you watch the show on Netflix that I was talking about, not the one that House on Haunted Hill, it's people that have these accounts like you're having been, and they're trying to tell their family about it. And it's the show. That's just called Haunted. Haunted. And one of them said that it followed them. You know, he said, you know, you would think that houses are haunted. Are people haunted, too? People are most certainly haunted. They could be uh, a conductor and not even realize it. They could give off this energy, this aura that attracts uh, spirits that are trapped in uh, almost like a purgatory-type state or in limbo. And the child itself that that person saw was attracted to their energy, and their offspring must give off the same positive energy, the light, per se. Okay. And they're attracted to that light, and... They obviously never hurt the person when they were a child. Now they're, they are an adult, and their children are having the same experiences. So obviously there's nothing malicious to it. So, so let it go. Don't shut it out. Um, entertain it if it shows up. All right, interesting. Wow. I like that. What else do we have here on the list? Uh, we also have our old house was haunted by two spirits. We had a little girl that mimicked our youngest the name was Cheyenne, and a scary, angry male spirit. Shy would play with the little girl. She was very young. The man would scare my son, so I would have to burn sage all the time before he would go to bed. So the child is playing with yours and would mimic your child. Um, the word mimic sticks out for me. That's a little dangerous. Native American uh, lore will tell us that 
spirits that are not of human origin or darker spirits that uh, would um, come over when we were moving into the new world there was a darkness that came with us a lot of Native American lore would tell us not only did we bring sickness and smallpox and whatnot but we brought like this dark energy that disturbed their ancestors and it would release this uh, adverse effect almost like uh, kinetic energy of sorts and would manifest into something and a mimic is what they would refer to as that being it would mimic the person that they know and trust and they could be sitting right next to the person and they see a reflection of that same person walking towards them oh it's so weird that's usually not um that person of course and burning sage is a really good idea to to wipe that slate clean if if nothing bad happens as a result of the burning sage you calmed that energy if something if it intensifies or gets worse uh, then you may need to uh, find a new avenue uh, mary was the one that sent that all right so we got time for like one or two more one or two more uh, this one's uh, this one stuck out. It's really clever. I was a kid in the '80s listening to records. Imagine records, and uh, when a shadow man peeked around my door, a shadow man, like I mentioned, transdimensional beings, yeah, yeah, shadow yeah, beings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I still think he's around. So much strange stuff happened to me ever since, and that was from Ed. Uh, he sent that on the uh, 16th uh, during our last show when I when I was on here. Um, uh, like I mentioned, the the shadow beings, uh, they could be one of two things. It, it could be a representation of dark energy manifesting from something negative that happened. It could represent like an illness or something as simple as divorce. And the energy from that, from two living cells, uh, was released into the environment and created and manifested into a being of its, of its own and not really a human spirit. So it's just traveling energy. And... You could be the only representation of good, and it's curious as to why you're different from the other things that essentially created it, that being the negative energy, let off from the sickness or from the divorce or from even something like filing for bankruptcy can create uh, upheaval in a family, and mm -hmm. a, a lot of feelings and energy gets released as a result of that. Uh, my dad's house uh, was a medical station in the Civil War, uh, Devin says. And there was uh, multiple times I would wake up to see men screaming and banging. And I think one night I saw a figure crazy. That, that was dressed in a Union soldier's uniform. I don't know if it was real or I was dreaming, but I remember it vividly. And, and I like remember I said, someone was, was banging, too, like these dudes down on my face. Well, most of those guys, of course, the, the screaming would be a result of um, no pain being medicine, amputated, a right? uh, leg or an arm, or they've got shrapnel oh. on their chest and they're slowly dying. And uh, that, of course, would cause anyone to scream to have uh, shrapnel in your chest. But uh, that could be what Devin was hearing, just a replay of events that took place at that time, and it's in a constant loop. It's a residual haunting. It's that waffle effect. The All right, one <laughs> last one over here, Lover. Right, then okay. we got to go to break. Question for Neil. When I was a child, I used to smell rotting or decaying flesh. My dad never could smell it. Only I can. Every once in a while, I still smell this. So whatever I do, I burn sage and ask the spirits to leave. Have you ever heard of this, Josh? Yeah, uh, rotting effect. Uh, there were a couple of restaurants I investigated. Uh, one of them I found that it was just uh, black mold. And uh, something to do with their water piping. Uh, the water would sit and congeal, and it would just give off this horrible smell of burning rot. Uh, now, the other restaurant, n not so much. The smell of burning rot was attributed to um, there was a dark coven that met in the basement of this restaurant when it was abandoned many years ago. And they were invoking spirits, uh, dark energy spirits, and one of which they essentially set up to um, 
monitor the place, uh, kind of like their watcher demon. Uh-huh. And they would go, and then they'd come back and do their practices. And, you know, they were doing the the whole 80s satanic panic thing, sacrificing cats and whatnot. Satanic panic. Satanic <laughs> panic is ridiculous. Yeah. And um, doing God knows what else, thinking that they're all dark and brooding, and maybe they didn't really worship Satan, or they were just toying with something they didn't fully understand. But it opened a, a doorway to something that they weren't prepared to handle. So they abandoned the property, and that demon or creature or dark energy force was left there from God knows where it was invoked. Uh, whether it be hell or a hell dimension or a hell mouth or an alternate universe. And it smelled like rotting flesh. So this yeah. could be I, that, Josh. It could be its bad breath. Dude, thanks so much for coming in. Neil Parks, uh, they want to get you off the air, man. How do they, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, you can reach me through parksparanormal at gmail.com. That's P-A-R-K-S, paranormal at gmail.com. And I have a YouTube channel, oh, awesome. which is uh, Parks Paranormal, and I, I do... Uh, a short blog called Paranormally Speaking. Sweet. If you want to get the two books that he has out right now with us, Paranormal Chronicles and then Haunted Chillicothe makes a great stocking stuffer. Yeah, that is pretty sick, Thank man. You. Uh, Neil's a super great guy from Chillicothe. And An award-winning you, author. Yeah, and if you love him, it's not going to be next Halloween, the next time that he's on the show. So we're going to figure out something and we'll get you back in here, my brother. That sounds great to me. Thank hey, you so much. Great to see you. Our new friend, Neil Parks. Roswell, UFOs, Flying Saucers, Alien Abduction, Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. And now a special bonus movie we wanted to discuss. It was not on the compiled list, but we thought it was important to share and bring up once again. The Wizard of Oz. Everyone knows what The Wizard of Oz is, and it's kind of a weird choice to put on here because it's not like the other movies. It's basically a film marketed towards children. It's not a horror movie, no. No. Now, one really cool thing about it I brought up to you the other day was the fact that you can take Pink Floyd's classic album, Dark Side of the Moon, and by the third roar of the MGM line before the movie even starts, when it's just saying MGM production, by the third roar, you can start the album, Dark Side of the Moon, and every song coincides scene by scene with the movie and everything that's being sung about in each song of Dark Side of the Moon relates to the scene that you're watching from Wizard of Oz. Do you think that was a coincidence? or? Well, the thing with Pink Floyd, they were really baked down on a lot of acid and LSD. I don't know if it was intentional or just some kind of a strange paranormal occurrence that went along with them experimenting with those crazy drugs and then deciding to write an album based around The Wizard of Oz to give it a rock opera. It's anyone's guess. It was the 1970s when that happened. Have you heard about the thing where the first Tin Man they chose got lead poisoning from the uh, helmet he had to put on? Yeah, did he got really ill from that? Did I he? Know. Didn't he die? I think he did. And what about when they're going down the yellow brick road? Remember the person that was working a dolly grip mic or something was up in the tree and got wrapped up around the cords and inadvertently hung himself. And in the distance, you can see his body swinging in the tree. Actually, that is false. I've uh, looked on Snopes, and I found out that was a rumor. So what was that? What was that in the background? Just a bird or something? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was just like a set malfunction. Oh, it looked like a dude dangling from the tree. It did. 
Yeah. Well, nonetheless, I mean, legend and folklore follow with each one of these movies that we covered, as well as Wizard of Oz. There, there was some really interesting things that took place around the directing and the writing and the production of that film. For example, Judy Garland. God, did they use her and throw her away. That poor girl. Producers were manhandling her and doing things to her that are beyond questionable. In fact, a producer forced her to get an abortion after he impregnated her. And the munchkins molested her. And the munchkins allegedly molested and grabbed her during filming. And so there were a lot of things that went on that goes so far beyond paranormal occurrences and strange and weird facts and factoids or anything that's just rumor and conjunction. But when you've got full-grown adults playing the parts of dwarfs, grabbing a young actress, that that should have been handled uh, right away. But that was long before the Me Too movement. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining me today on this episode, buddy. And I'm going to go ahead and plug your podcast. And my son, Lucas, like I mentioned, is an aspiring film critic. Uh, the kid already has his own IMDb page from his involvement in an indie film that I worked on and co-wrote called Blood Alley, Chillicothe Makes a Movie, which is a zombie outbreak centered around the historical downtown of Ohio's very first capital, Chillicothe, Ohio. So my son, Lucas, and my daughter, Isabella, played zombies in the film, therefore earning their own IMDb page because... Oddly enough, this small indie classic that we made is now available on Amazon Prime to view, and it had won several indie film accolades without us even really trying. Didn't it go to like South by Southwest Film Festival? It is. It was uh, on a like um, one of the back rooms of the South by Southwest Film Festival. Yeah, but they uh, low budget indie films, but they ended up canceling South by Southwest because of COVID nineteen. Totally blows. But you could totally make a movie about that now. Uh, your podcast, though, was originally titled, uh, what was it, Luke at This? Yeah. And it was your film critiques, your, uh, your own critic's choice, and movie's choice, and your star-by-star rating. But now you're going to call it what? Now I'm going to call it Quiet on Set. Quiet on Set. That works for me. And we would definitely need to be quiet and listen to this big brain of a kid talk about movies, both good and bad. Uh, he also writes some amazing reviews for television shows. Uh, so I would be happy to share any information uh, to where you could contact him and talk movies with my kids sometime. Uh, his email address, of course, is all I would give you as far as a means of contact. <laughs> but you can shoot me an email at parksparanormal at gmail.com or Google search at the Neil Parks. And it's all good stuff you'll find online. There's nothing illegal uh, about me, no arrests, no violent outbursts no ever tapes. captured on film. <laughs> yeah, I did all that crazy stuff before film became a thing. Um, don't follow my lead, Luke. Have a uh, great rest of the weekend, and I hope to uh, do this again sometime. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're very welcome, buddy. Available to order now, my first audiobook, Neil Parks Presents Truly Terrifying Tales, narrated by me, It's ready to order and download on Bandcamp.com. My other books, of course, are always available to order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Lulu.com. You can also order t-shirts that I designed that I normally sell at conventions, festivals, lectures, and my book signings. I always have the 9-inch tall 3D printed Bigfoot silhouettes available, and last spring my first children's book was released. It was written by my good friend and fellow author, R.L. Walker. I illustrated this book 
and it was a major shift in gears for me, considering that my writing and art style has always been dark and scary. To order any of what I just mentioned, you can also go to my email, which is parksparanormal at gmail.com. That is parksparanormal at gmail.com. Standing by. That's all I got for you today. Thank you so much for joining me again on another spectacular episode of Paranormally Speaking. I'm your host, Neil Parks. Please tune in next week if you have nothing better to do. I may have something really cool to share with you. And if not, it'll just be the same crap, different day. But maybe you might actually like what I'm talking about. I know my family doesn't, but hey, I'm not asking for pity. Have a great weekend, and I hope to see you again soon.